0: so clearly. God lays out the options so clearly. In the beginning, Adam and Eve were given two very distinct and utterly opposite options—eat of the tree of life and enjoy eternal life, or eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and die that very day. The wrong choice was made, and as a result, the law of sin and death reigns over all creation— Science knows this principle as the second law of thermodynamics, which basically states that all things deteriorate from order to disorder, from life to death. The Word of God admonishes the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. Notice how simplistic the options are. Jesus declares the great commission in Mark 16:15 and 16, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Today I set before you life and death. Are you born again as Jesus commands in John 3, 3? Are you ready to shed the foolishness of empty and damning carnality? Are you ready to be forgiven and set free from sin's shame and bondages? If yes, today is your day of salvation. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Choose life and live. Now for today's subject. God said, Exodus seventeen fourteen, and the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. God said, Exodus 24, 1 through 4. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off and Moses alone shall come near the lord but they shall not come nigh neither shall the people go up with him and moses came and told the people all the words of the lord and all the judgments and all the people answered with one voice and said all the words which the lord hath said we will do and moses wrote all the words of the lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. God said, Deuteronomy 27, verses 1 through 3 and 8. And Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you this day, and it shall be on the day when ye shall pass over Jordan unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, that thou shalt set thee up great stones, and plaster them with plaster. And thou shalt write upon them all the words of this law, when thou art passed over, that thou mayest go in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, a land that floweth with milk and honey, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee. And thou shalt write upon the stones all the words of this law very plainly. Man said, The Bible is a hand-me-down account of exaggerations lifted from old folklore, basically a book of plagiarisms. Now the record. When your house of knowledge is built on a foundation of of misinformation, your conclusions will be wrong. If the foundation of your knowledge is rooted in unbelief, then the universe will have accidentally popped into existence out of nothing— a man is a product of the mysterious slime that was incubated in some primordial soup. In this world view, absurdity becomes proof. When you consider how information is passed down to us from the histories recorded, histories in many cases tainted by political and personal bias and simple misinformation, it causes one pause. What do you know about your family history? Family histories, for the most part, are not written records, but are passed down from parents to children. Vast amounts of information are lost, and some information is inaccurate. For instance, do you know the maiden name of your great-grandmother on your mother's side? An accurate written record is the most reliable accounting of past events. I think you'll find this interesting concerning written events. The ancient famed historian Flavius Josephus recorded the following concerning Seth, the son of Adam. Now this Seth, when he was brought up and came to those years in which he could discern what was good, became a virtuous man. And as he was himself of an excellent character, so did he leave children behind him who imitated his virtues. All of these proved to be of good disposition." They also inhabited the same country without dissensions, on in a happy condition, without any misfortunes falling unto them till they died. They also were the inventors of that peculiar sort of wisdom, uh, which is concerned with the heavenly bodies and their order, and that their inventions might not be lost before they were sufficiently known, upon Adam's prediction that the world was to be destroyed at one time by the force of fire— and at another time, by the violence and quantity of water, they made two pillars, the one of brick, the other of stone. They inscribed their discoveries on them both, that in case the pillar of brick should be destroyed by the flood, the pillar of stone might remain and exhibit those discoveries to mankind, and also informed them that there was another pillar of brick erected by them. Now this remains in the land of Syriad to this day, End of quote. This is one of the first examples of written history. Imagine approximately 500 non-biblical societal accounts of an event similar to Noah's Ark have been passed down through the generations. Proof of the global deluge arise with such regularity that it's a wonder that skeptics can still show their faces. Later in this feature we will recite the latest on Noah. The societal accounts of the flood were passed down through the generations, with the first accounts coming from the eight people who were on the ark. As the generations passed, the story began to morph. Some academics, uh, secular and theological, assert that the first five books of the Bible were hand-me-down flawed accounts of the world's history and not to be taken literally. That assertion is directly opposite of the truth. It's true that Moses penned the first five books of the Bible— but he was not the author. Exodus twenty-four, four, and Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. These words were not hand-me-downs, but an eyewitness, hands-on account from the Creator Himself, who had made heaven and earth, the seas, and all that in them is, who has perfect recall. When the foundations of one's knowledge is unbelief, wrong conclusions follow, as will be demonstrated in the January 24, 2014 AP news release titled, British Museum, Prototype of Noah's Ark Was Round. In the paragraphs from the news release that follow, watch for these key words. Tale, Before Noah, Babylonian Invention, Mesopotamian Gods, Passed Down, and Flood Myth. A recently deciphered 4,000-year-old clay tablet from ancient Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq, reveals striking new details about the roots of the Old Testament tale of Noah. It tells a similar story, complete with detailed instructions for building a giant round vessel known as a coracle, as well as the key instruction that animals should enter two by two. The tablet went on display at the British Museum on Friday, and soon engineers will follow the ancient instructions to see whether the vessel could actually have sailed. It's also the subject of a new book, The Ark Before Noah, by Irving Finkel, the museum's assistant keeper of the Middle East, and the man who translated the tablet. Finkel got hold of it a few years ago when a man brought in a damaged tablet his father had acquired in the Middle East after World War II. It was light brown, about the size of a mobile phone, and covered in the jagged cuneiform script of the ancient Mesopotamians. It turned out, Finkel said Friday, to be one of the most important human documents ever discovered. Other experts say Finkel wasn't simply indulging in book promotion hype. David Owen, professor of the ancient Near Eastern Studies at Cornell University, said the British museum curator had made an extraordinary discovery. Elizabeth Stone, an expert on the antiquities of ancient Mesopotamia at New York's Stony Brook University, said it made sense that ancient Mesopotamians would depict their mythological arc as round. People are going to envision the boat however people envision boats where they are, she said. Coracles are not unusual things to have had and Mesopotamia. The tablet records a Mesopotamian gods' instructions for building a giant vessel two-thirds the size of a soccer field in area, made of rope, reinforced with wooden ribs, and coated in bitumen. Finkel is aware his discovery may cause consternation among believers in the biblical story. When 19th century British museum scholars first learned from cuneiform tablets, that the Babylonians had a flood myth. They were disturbed by its striking similarities to the story of Noah. Already in 1872, people were writing about it in a worried way. What does it mean that holy writ appears on this piece of Weetabix, he joked, referring to a cereal similar to the shape of the tablet. Feckel has no doubts. I'm sure the story of the flood and a boat to rescue life is a Babylonian invention, he said. He believes the tale was likely passed on to the Jews during their exile in Babylon in the 6th century B.C. He doesn't think the tablet provides evidence the ark described in the Bible existed. He said it's more likely that a devastating real flood made its way into folk memory and has remained there ever since. If you would like an exact eyewitness account of Noah's ark, Turn to Genesis chapter 6-9 through nine in your authorized King James Version of the Holy Bible. The following paragraph is from the God Said, Man Said feature, The Saga of the Serpent. Adam and Eve answered the standard questions asked by their children and their children's children, such as, Where did we and all of creation come from? Why are we here? And what is our eternal purpose? And so on. These accounts were passed down from generation to generation, As they passed, they were accumulating a myriad of distortions. These accounts are embedded in the ancient, non-biblical societal record. God, creation, the first man and woman, the forbidden fruit, the serpent, the fall, etc., When biblical accounts, such as the ones just mentioned, are discovered in ancient histories, albeit distorted, that preceded the writing of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, the suggestion is that Moses, who penned the books, was simply passing on hand-me-down account. The skeptics claim that the accounts and claims of the Bible are just old folklore and legend, and not the original truth, which cannot be further from the truth. Moses received from God, the Creator, a hands-on eyewitness account of the making and history of the world. Moses was instructed by God to write the words. He was being given very clearly. God said, Man said, has spent considerable time confirming the absolute inerrancy of these biblical accounts via archaeology, paleontology, geology, microbiology, ancient history, and more. God's critics often challenge the originality of the laws written by Moses, citing the Babylonians 282 laws inscribed on a stone pillar attributed to their king Hammurabi. Skeptics are obviously not aware that a host of the commandments and sacrifices were commanded by God and observed by the righteous long before Moses actually observed right from the very beginning. Examples would be the Sabbath day, the blood sacrifice, thou shalt not kill, capital punishment, dietary laws, and more. All of mankind knew of these things, but Moses wrote it very clearly, as well as new directives given by God. The book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, is a hands-on, eyewitness record from the Creator Himself. End of quote. God's word is true and righteous altogether, a foundation upon which to build a life that will last forever. In the first five books of the Bible, God gave the words, and Moses wrote them down. God said, Exodus 17:14, And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. God said, Exodus 24, 1 through 4. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord thou, and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice, and said, All the words which the Lord hath said will we do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and rose up early in the morning, and built an altar under the hill, and twelve pillars, according to the twelve tribes of Israel. God said, Deuteronomy 27, verses 1 through 3 and 8, And Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments, which I command you this day, And it shall be on the day when ye shall pass over Jordan unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, that thou shalt set thee up great stones, and plaster them with plaster. And thou shalt write upon them all the words of this law, when thou art passed over, that thou mayest go in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, a land that floweth with milk and honey, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee. And thou shalt write upon the stones... All the words of this law very plainly. Man said, the Bible is a hand-me-down account of exaggerations lifted from old folklore, basically a book of plagiarisms. Now you have the record.